chapter 16, in any and every. Stephen's life has challenged us to see that living a life fully surrendered to Jesus brings forth fruit in our life, regardless of the season or circumstance we find ourselves in. One of the greatest seeds planted from Stephen's life was at the time of his death. A powerful religious man was present at his execution. Although this man stood on the side of the persecutors, it would only be a matter of time before he too would encounter this radical love he witnessed Stephen proclaiming to the people who killed him. We don't know how much time after this tragic day, but this man encountered Jesus in flesh, which resulted in surrendering all he was to Jesus. This man was empowered through the Holy Spirit to write over half of the New Testament, and he planted churches all over the known world during his lifetime. He experienced countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hand of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. At night and a day, I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, dangers in the cities, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship, through many as sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Despite facing these horrendous moments, he continued to surrender his life to Jesus and to live under God's will for his life. One church he helped plant was in the city called Philippi. This man was radically surrendered to Jesus and often found himself in prison as a result of his boldness in preaching the gospel. During one of his times in prison, this man was visited by one of the core disciples in the church in Philippi. The disciple was bringing a financial gift that had been fundraised for the man's ministry. As a thank you, the man wrote a letter both encouraging and challenging the church in Philippi to continue to live fully surrendered lives to Jesus as citizens of heaven on earth. If you desire to learn more about this letter, I highly recommend watching the YouTube clip called Philippians by The Bible Project. It's about eight minutes. I further encourage you to read this New Testament letter within the lens of surrendering. I promise you, it will be worth more to you than reading this chapter if you need to make a choice between the two. There is so much in this letter that highlights and emphasizes what a lifestyle of surrendering to Jesus looks like. In the midst of this man's thankfulness for the people in the church, he challenges them to live a life fully worthy of imitating. Beginning with Jesus as the ultimate life to be replicating, he then highlights his cherished friend Timothy and the man who visited him in prison with the gift. He urged them to live in light and reflection of the truth they came to believe and experience in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Very similar to the previous chapter in this book, he challenged the church to look at the fruit in their lives as a reflection of whether they are rooted in Jesus. He warns them that there are those who are of good reputation yet are not full of the Holy Spirit, but another one, an evil one. He then describes his own life as an example of what a committed Jesus follower looks like and encourages them to imitate him. It is here I want to focus on the remainder of this chapter. I want us to reflect on the last two chapters of the letter that this man, Paul, wrote to the church in Philippi. In this first section of the letter, we see Paul placing himself on a metaphoric trial against those who are making accusations against him and preaching a different evil gospel. 
In almost a sarcastic manner, he expresses how his life could easily measure up to their standards of living, but how, in his perspective, he counts these status markers as rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. Paul almost echoes the words of Moses in this beautiful declaration of love and devotion to Jesus. Moses, during his time of Exodus, says he refuses to lead Israel anywhere unless God promises to be with him. This was also similar to King David's own plea with God during his cry for forgiveness after killing a man and sleeping with his wife. David's famous words were, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Although Paul is not repenting in this letter, he is revealing something deep within his heart. He absolutely loves being with Jesus, regardless of how the world affirms or accuses him. He counts it all as loss and meaningless compared to the fulfillment he has in knowing Jesus Christ personally. The quote-unquote knowing that Paul is talking about is almost in terms of the intimacy of knowing a person. Paul is saying he has tasted and seen what the religious world has had to offer, and he counts all of it as nothing compared to the intimacy he shares with knowing Jesus. This is an incredible insight into what a lifestyle surrender is really all about. This lifestyle surrendering is about finding fulfillment in knowing Jesus intimately and deeper as the moments turn to days, months, and years of obedience to his will. There is a fruit that comes from this deep root, but the fulfillment ultimately lies within getting to know Jesus personally and intimately. I often say that I am so thankful that when I die, I will not need to be introduced to Jesus, for I know who he is and I have had so many beautiful experiences with him. Yet even though there will be no need for introductions, I will spend the rest of eternity worshipping him and getting to know him in deeper ways. I pray that the wonder and curiosity I have for knowing him will never run dry, for he is infinitely beautiful. In the final part slash chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, he encourages the church to continue to rejoice in Jesus always and to never neglect to bring everything to him in thanksgiving, including their anxiety. As they live in this way, Paul states they will receive the peace of God that will protect their minds and ears from believing any lies about themselves or God. There are more beautiful things that Paul says in this section, but I want to highlight three verses specifically. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul, in these three verses, reveals one of the personal fruits that is produced in us as we pursue knowing Jesus intimately in our lives through surrender. Paul claims that in any and every circumstance, there is a way to not only survive, but thrive. When we spend time with Jesus, the way he describes in this letter and throughout this entire book, we are given a supernatural strength to endure through any and every circumstance we may face in life. Remember, we serve and follow Jesus, who is the man with scars on his hands. This reminds us that this endurance and strength does not equate with us never feeling pain, hurt, loss, or tears, but an ever-growing closeness to Jesus. When we suffer as a result of our surrender to Him, our pursuit in loving Him and serving others, we are sharing in the sufferings of Jesus as Paul described in a previous chapter. 
Therefore, a lifestyle surrendering is a life devoted to Jesus in such a way that any and every circumstance we face only deepens our knowing of Jesus Christ of Nazareth.